Good to see some uh, faces that uh, have come back uh, throughout COVID to, to be with us. We welcome those online as well. We see you watching. We, uh, Elijah and Kathy, we see you. Miss Helen, we see you. Ernest, we see you there. So uh, we can see you through the lens. We have a special technology for that. So, uh, But glad that you've come to worship with us today and uh, to learn more about what God is uh, doing in our lives and what more he could be doing. Uh, if you were here with us a couple of weeks ago, uh, we, are, we've been, we have a couple of weeks talking about the family of God. And we began by saying that the family of God, that we are intended to be one. We began in the book of Revelation, chapter 7, and we saw that the fullness of all of what God is doing in us and among us and through us, the work of the Spirit, the provision of Jesus and the resurrection, all leads to a point of eternal worship with our God. Amen. That's good news. We can kind of breathe that in for a minute. Eternal worship with our God. And that that eternal worship, it, it isn't uh, a First Baptist and a Redeemer and a Cornerstone and a new, new Beginnings and all these churches in different places. Premier Iglesia Bautista, that there are not all these different churches meeting in their own little corner. And in fact, when we went to Israel, the, uh, the, the, the place where they have the golden sepulcher, where they, have, where they think Jesus' tomb is, they, they have all kinds of churches represented uh, in this one church. So everyone could claim this as their holy place. And, and so you have the Romanian church, you have the or, uh, Greek Orthodox church, the Russian Orthodox church, the Catholic church, and then I think there's some Baptists with a casserole dish in the corner or something. But they're all different in different parts, but not so, amen, in the kingdom of God to come, amen. where we will be worshiping together all kinds of uh, different denominations, all kinds of different ethnicities from different places and different tongues. Because we have become the family of God. And as we saw two weeks ago, that is not meant to be something that's just out in the future, but it is a kind of thing that is to be now. That we are to be the people of God. And there might be peace among us. And so as we, we finished up that message on the family of God intended to be one, I said, come back in two weeks when we talk about what, what are the next steps, what is it for us to overcome the things that separate us? What is the, the pathway that God has given? And so today, uh, the, the message is titled, Family of God, Overcoming Division. And in order to overcome division, we, we need to see that division has been running through a, a long time. It has a very deep history. We can look, especially when we talk along racial lines, along ethnic lines and the division there, we can, we can look very closely. We can see the riots that have been happening. We can see there is division. We can look a little bit further and see George Floyd, which, which, uh, which kind of kicked off those riots. And then before that, Trayvon Martin. And before that, segregation. Before that, Jim Crow. And before that, slavery. And so we had this long history, a deep dark history of division among us. But the truth is that division has been, has been dividing far, long, far before the United States even came about. 
And in fact, our beginnings of humankind were based in division. Now, as I read Genesis chapter 3 with you, the first few verses of that, I want you to have your ears kind of uh, in tune to hearing the division that is in that opening story of humanity. I want you to think about uh, here, listen for what did the division cause? Where did it come from? What did it look like? Because the division that started there is still a crevice that meets us, meets us today. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, the serpent did, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? You shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that if you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew they were naked. You see, the vision happens between husband and wife, between God and man and his creation. But there is something else that is there. There is another reason for division just beyond you and I can't get along with each other. There is a demonic force. There is an outside force that is at play, that seeks to destroy the Bible says that Satan is the father of lies. He is the inventor, chapter 3. We hear the first lie right here in chapter 3, and it comes from Satan himself. He is an adversary to unity and peace. He wants to destroy all of creation. And how does he do that? By causing a, 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 a cleaving, again, a separation of God's people. He does that through lies, through manipulation. As we continue to read, listen to this. In verse 8, And the sound of the Lord God walking, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave me to be with me, she gave me the fruit, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent 
The serpent deceived me, and I ate. And do you see how this, this confusion is in the garden and the reaction when people are a sin against God? What do they do? What is their first response? The first response is to hide themselves. And then once they get confronted, they begin to blame other people. Isn't that us? Isn't it sin? our sins that are so obvious to others seem so hidden to us? We, we, we keep them to ourselves. We, 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 we deflect that. We, we cause, we say it's not, it couldn't be us. It has to be someone else. That is the nature of sin. And we see it in our lives today. Our situation, 2020 has been the most divisive year that I've known. We just, it's in every corner, wherever we go. It's in politics. It's in uh, Mask or no mask, disease or no disease, big deal, no big deal. It, it, it's in race and how we get along with each other. I mean, we've gotten, we've gotten away from not even being able to have a conversation with each other unless we're having to touch on one of those topics. Like, there's nothing else to talk about. You have to invent something to talk about. You know, there, there is... a. Uh, in poker, when you're, when you're playing poker, there are things called tells, right? So you, uh, when you're playing against somebody else, and of course you don't know what they have in their hand, but if you can watch their face, if you watch them long enough, you begin to see like when they're really happy, like the corner of their mouth turns up or they, they put their cards down real quickly or whatever. You can know what's in their hand. You can know how they're feeling about it if you watch them long enough, even if they're trying not to show you, but you can pay close enough attention and there can be a tell. The same thing happens in the garden. When you're hiding, that's a tell. When you are deflecting, it couldn't be me. That's a tell. That means something is wrong. There is sin inside of you. And so when we see those things in ourselves, we need to go, wait a minute, there's probably something else going on here. When we see that among ourselves, we need, among the church, we need to realize there's something else going on here. When, we, when there is division, one of the tells is there's a lack of diversity. You see, if the people of God are not good, at overcoming the divisions, then what happens is they tend to group into smaller groups of people who generally agree with them. Hello, anyone hear me? And so we have to be careful. One of the tells for us is to say, are we really good? Is Redeemer good? Is the church as a whole very good at overcoming division? And if you look across the, the church, you say, is, if there's a lack of diversity, if people can't come together and they have sectioned themselves off into smaller groups where people do agree with each other, that means more than likely we're not very good at overcoming division. It's a tell. We go on to see the, the after effects. What, what, what happens in the garden, there, there become these curses that, are, uh, that fall because of this the sin in the lives of Adam and Eve and the lies of the serpent that now, now the ground will not produce. And so when there is sin, there is a division, there's a separation between God and the man and his creation. As God is walking through the cool of the day, 
Adam and Eve had hidden themselves. There's a break in the relationship with God because of sin. There's a break in the relationship between husband and wife. There is a a great divisiveness, a great fight between God's people and Satan himself. And so when sin enters in, it causes all kinds of division, all kinds of destruction, and there can't be peace, and there can't be unity if it is left to its own, unless unless there's some gospel added to that story. What happens right out of the story of Adam and Eve, we see that they have two sons, Cain and Abel, and what this little localized sin of, of taking from this tree, how it then explodes into the life of Cain and Abel, where the, a brother kills another brother. There's a great depth to that sin, a great depth to that division. It brings about death and destruction. And then just a few more chapters over, we see that that sin of division and separation has now flooded the whole earth. And now it's in everyone's life. The Bible says, and men's thoughts were only evil all the time. That's all they could think about. They were violent, terrible people. Our nature is to be divided. Our nature is to... to, uh, to to shield ourselves from guilt, to run away, to hide, to deflect, not to take responsibility. That is our nature, but we need to add a little gospel to that story, amen? And this is why Jesus came. Jesus came to to free us from our sins, to die in our place, to resurrect, and to give a new hope and a new way for the people of God. Our, our churches have been too set on the, the they's and we need to have more we's. They think this, they think that. They're like that. But we are called to be the people of God together, regardless of ethnicity, uh, regardless of economics. We are God's people together. We are we But Jesus has entered into our story to make a way for that kind of peace and unity. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 22, it says this. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility, the wall of hostility between us and him, but also the wall of hostility between each other. He has made a way by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility." And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone 
in whom the whole structure being joined together grows in a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. You see, Christ has come to break those things up, to bring us together as the people of God. First John will tell us that they will know that you are my disciples by how you love one another. This passage in Ephesians says that we are now citizens of a new kingdom, that we have a new direction, a new way. We have a new kind of rule over us, and we aren't just theys, but we are we together as the family of God. But it doesn't look like that. It doesn't feel like that. Colossians 3, 12 through 15 says, put on then, this is going to give us some instructions, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. He's saying, listen, God's chosen ones, I've set you apart to be with me, to be my people. So put on holy and beloved children, put on compassion, put on kindness, put on humility, put on meekness, put on patience, bear with one another. And if someone has a complaint against the other one, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. This is, this is the way forward for us to see each other and see those who are not in this room with us right now. And say, we want to be in fellowship with you. We want to be the people of God together. We want to call in all kinds of the lost to come and be a part of this big family of God. But in order for that to happen, we, Redeemer, we need to put on humility. We need to put on a new kind of kindness. We need to learn how to bear with each other as we have disagreements. We need to learn how to forgive each other better. We need to have a kind of humility that the world does not know. And these are impossible unless the Spirit of God is with us. And he is. As, as a church, as Redeemer, I, I think that we should look more and more like our community in terms of how we're made up, the different kinds of people that we have here, that we would have people who've come, become saved from every street should be able to find a place here of worship. But it doesn't just happen naturally. In fact, it doesn't happen naturally. It falls apart naturally. That's why he's saying you've got to put these things on. We have to be involved in being compassionate. That's an action that we have to do. We, we have to be kind. We have to have a humility that recognizes, you know what? There's a good chance I might be wrong in this scenario. You know, Wendy just uh, taught me about a, a year and a half ago how to say I'm sorry. <laughs> It's nice. 
It works out really well. In the first part of 2021, we're going to have a series and we're going to talk about some of these steps of what it looks like actually put on this humility to, to live out patience and compassion. Um, one, of, one of those messages will be, if we are really going to be the people of God together, the things that hurt this person or this person also should hurt me. And so we, we are going to learn about lament. We've been looking in the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is full of lament. We lament things as a country all the time. We, we, when we have 9-11, we lament. When we, we uh, have 4th of July, we both remember the loss, but we also celebrate the gains. If we're going to be the people of God together, we, we share a, a similar story together. We need to become good at confession and restoration and also what it is to be the people of God, citizens of the kingdom, working together. Could it be possible that Revelation 7 might just happen here? Woo! Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be a testimony to how good God is, how glorious he is? He can come across hundreds of years of division. In fact, thousands of years of division and he could do a new work in us at Redeemer. Brothers and sisters, division has a history but unity has a future. Let's work towards that future as the people of God. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your patience with me, with us as the people of God and Lord, we want, we want more. We want to express your love in new ways. We want to overcome this division. We want the, your name to be glorified for people to see you and us and say, there is something different. There's something different there. Well, that all men and women in all places would see those good works and glorify you. Lord, you are worthy. You have sacrificed. Lord, help us to be faithful. We bless the name of the Lord our God. Amen.